everyone. Welcome to my podcast hosted by me, Judy Kopsar. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Greetings, health seekers. Welcome to the Master Your Thoughts podcast. I'm Judy Kopsar, and today's episode is on change. We're going to get into talking about change because everything must change. People stay, nothing stays the same. (laughs) I even got the words wrong. Clearly, I'm not a singer. That's why I am in the mindset and health field. (laughs) Welcome, everybody. I hope you're enjoying your day. And um, welcome to all of our podcast listeners and welcome to our Facebook watchers. And welcome to comment, share, like, share this far and wide. If it speaks to your heart, we'd love to hear from you. You can send us messages and you can comment here. All right. So before I get into the topic today of change, we have some change coming up. I have some announcements. So first of all, I am thrilled to be able to share with you that we are going to be launching a summer series and I am going to be interviewing on my podcast some thought leaders in the area of mindset and mastering your thoughts. So I'm going to be interviewing some entrepreneurs, uh, people who have succeeded in the entrepreneurial space, and also some mindset thought leaders, some wellness influencers, some spiritual leaders. So we're going to be launching that interview series in probably August sometime. So look for announcements on that. The other thing that I want to say is that we are on Spotify Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and and many other of the podcast platforms, but those three are the main ones. Also soon to be on YouTube and then of course on Facebook. So if you're watching this on Facebook, um, hello to you. And if you haven't found us yet on Facebook to be able to watch it, you know, face to face where you can actually see me rather than just hear me, we are at Wellness Method. So Wellness Method is our business Facebook page and you can go there and like and follow our page and we love to see your comments and we love to see your messages. All right, change. All right, so really the only thing that we can count on in life is change, okay? So why is it so hard to change? Why do people have a problem with change? Why do some people struggle with change? And we say, it's hard, I don't wanna change. Well, today we're going to answer that question and we're going to help you reframe change so that you can actually look forward to it so that you can be curious about it so that it can be something that you don't dread and that you'll get some tools around, you know, how to move through change with grace, with courage, with wisdom, so that you're not dreading and dragging through it and complaining and it creating more chaos in your life. So we're, we're reframing change today. All right. So let's talk about change. So change happens when three things I'm going to talk about today. So change happens when you decide that you want something new or different in your life. Okay. So it can be prompted by you wanting something to be different you inserting yourself into a new situation, you desiring not to be in a situation anymore. It can be, you know, of course, here at Wellness Method, it's all about people's health. So they desire change in their health. So they're going to come to us to get help and to put some things in place to change their health. They decided it's their decision and they're going to move forward with it. So that's the first way change comes about. 
The second way change comes about is a circumstance or a situation that comes into your life that you don't have control over, okay? How many of you have had that happen before <laughs> throughout our lives? That's just what's going to happen. We don't know when it's going to happen many times. Sometimes we can sense it, but for the most part, it's something that we don't have control over that happens and we have to be able to adapt to it. We have to be able to say, okay, this is change. This is in my life. I didn't bring this on. Well, maybe I did because everything that we do actually affects everything that happens in the world, but we're not always aware that that change is coming. Okay. So that's the second way change comes. The next way is natural change, natural change. Okay. So think about it. The world is continuing to change. Nature changes. The, the, the earth is designed to change. We have the changing seasons. We have the leaves falling off the trees. We have death. We have decay. I know that might sound morbid, but we're literally living a changing life at every moment. And that's because that's the way the universe was designed. It was designed to come in to go through different seasons and then to exit and then to regenerate, right? And provide provide more for the next thing that comes in. So it's, it's you know, the circle of life, right? <laughs> so those are the three different ways that change happen. All right. Now, I want to tell you a little bit of, of, of a story about how I realized the power of nature and how, you know, the way the universe is designed is so much better than the way we design things as humans. Okay. So I was taking a walk and I'm actually taking a course right now at, at my church. And one of the assignments is to go for a walk and to listen to what the universe is saying to you, what nature is saying to you, what God is saying to you, what your creator is saying, and to just, you know, shut up the mind and be in nature and just be aware and, and wait for wisdom, wait for something to come from, the higher power from God, from the universe. And it is the coolest thing. It's hard. Okay. Because you got to go for 20 minutes and a lot of times your mind gets busy and you're like, Oh man, I need to get back home because I have to feed the kid or I have to get to work or I have all these things I have to do. No, you need to shut your mind up and you need to give yourself an opportunity to just be open to something higher and thoughts better than what you create. Right? So I'm on this walk. And I'm noticing how the grass is really green juxtaposed against a really brown hill. And so I'm like, that spurred me to think about change. So nature is constantly changing. We artificially water our grass because we want our house to look good. <laughs> we want things to be green and pretty. But right behind this beautiful green grass was this brown hill because it's June in California and the grass gets brown, right? It dies, it withers, it goes back into the earth, it gives nutrients to the earth, and then the green grass grows again in the spring. Okay, so I'm noticing that juxtaposition. I was like, wow, like we literally artificially create green grass, right? But here's nature just doing what it does. So that juxtaposition kind of got me thinking. And so I kept walking and telling my brain to shut up. <laughs> Takes a lot of practice, you guys. And the next thing that I look at is houses as I'm walking by. And big oak trees that are behind these houses and next to these houses. And the blue sky behind the big oak tree. How, you know, when you when you look through an oak tree, it, it's like just these pieces of the blue sky behind this stark oak tree with like really green leaves. Okay, so 
So I'm noticing like how beautiful that is. And my eye keeps being drawn to that, but yet there's this house right next to it. And I look at the house and I'm like, yeah, that's not, that's not so beautiful. And my eyes keep going back to the tree. Why? Because the tree in nature is beautiful. It is more beautiful and more appealing to us as humans than the house is. Okay. So that juxtaposition kind of like I tried to open my mind and not make decisions about that. But here's what came. Here's what came from God, wisdom, source energy. And again, I'm never going to stop telling you guys, it does not end with your brain. Like if you think that your brain and your thoughts are the end all be all, then I need you to listen to all the previous episodes of this podcast. Because it's not. We're human. We are so limited. We're not even using the full capacity of our brain, first of all. And second of all, it was divinely created. It's a miracle, right? Like the way the world works and nature works and the universe works. It's amazing how it's designed. So we have to understand that our thoughts are going to limit us. We have to be able to let go and let something bigger and greater than ourselves come in and provide wisdom that is going to be beyond anything that we could construct on our own. So here I am opening, I I imagine myself opening the top of my skull, right? Have you ever done that? Like if you sat and prayed or meditated, like how do you quiet your mind down? You know, let me know, put it in the comments. I liken it to, I just open my head and I let all my crazy thoughts flow out. And if you were on last week's podcast, I talked about the monkey mind because we have like monkeys in our head throwing mangoes and throwing poop around all the time. They get crazy. They get out of control, right? So we have to quiet our mind. We have to allow our thoughts to just fall to the back and let something greater come in, some kind of wisdom to come in. And what I got, what came to me was that, yes, it is so much more pleasing to look at nature than it is to look at a building. This is me. Maybe you love architecture. I actually love architecture. I love the architecture of houses. I love Victorian houses. I love really, you know, like like we went to to Paris and I love the architecture in Paris. It's so much better than in America, right? Because it's older and they preserved it. It's more ornate. But uh, nature appeals to the human eye more than what we create in, in the physical world. And, you know, with like wood and and cars and um, metal and constructs, pavement, buildings, even artwork. Artwork's beautiful, but like my eye goes to nature. So I'm, I'm looking at that and I'm like, wow, like that is much more pleasing to me than looking at something that's man-made. And then going back to how the hill is changing, okay, how... It's now in its time of dying and it will be reborn in the spring. I realized that the things that we create in life, the even the thoughts, you guys, but I'm just talking about this, this walk that I was on, but the buildings that we create, the cars that we make, they're going to rot and decay and decompose, and but they're not going to decompose. They're just going to decay and they're going to go into the earth and they're actually going to poison the earth unless they're made out of earth, right? Like we do have bags that are made out of, that are going to be able to be regenerated and recycled and they don't hurt the earth, but we are using the earth to make those bags. Okay. But I'm talking about houses, cars, bikes, anything that we make and create when it goes into the earth, it's going to actually hurt the earth. It's going to actually hurt the natural processes. So it's going to put toxins into the earth as it decays. Well, the the order of nature, the order of change is there for a purpose. 
It is, we go through the four seasons so that the earth can regenerate and be, you know, born again so that buds can come back. You know, they, the, the butterflies, they, they, they aren't butterflies. They're, they're born little, you know, larva guys, and then they make their cocoon and they change within that. And then they're a butterfly and they don't have a really long life. Like everything must change. Okay. There's a song, I think it's by Nina Simone. Correct me if I'm wrong. I could be wrong, but it's, it's ordered that way. The universe is, and, and we, we make things permanent as humans. And so we tend to do that with our lives and noticing this on my walk was really revealing to how hard we try to create things and hold on to them. And, and, you know, the constructs when they decay and wither, they actually hurt the earth and the natural order. It's kind of the same thing with our thoughts. Like if we keep holding on to the same things over and over that are just either kind of status quo or limiting us, it's actually going to eventually hurt us just like the universe. So we have to be able to embrace change and adapt to change in a healthy way in our minds and in our bodies and in our souls and in our hearts and, and be able to allow that change to happen and, and revel in it. Okay. Now, is it easy? No, it's not easy. Okay. I, I never said it was easy. <laughs> I never said mastering your thoughts was easy. Um, I never said mastering your health was easy. You guys know that, you know, we're always going to be super transparent with you. I'm always transparent with you. It's hard work. It's hard work to master your thoughts, but we must master our thoughts so that we can master our life. Okay, so let's get into a little bit more about change. I want you to think about on a scale of one to 10, okay, how willing are you to change? How willing are you to embrace change, to accept change, to bring change into your life purposefully, or if it comes in as a situation or a crisis or something, or, or even it doesn't have to be bad. It can actually be a good thing, but it's different. And so that's scary. So how willing are you to change on a scale of one to 10? One being, ah, nope, solid, not changing, ain't doing it, right? Can't teach an old dog new tricks, whatever you're saying you're in your head. I don't know. Maybe you're a five. Maybe you're like, you know, it depends on what it is. <laughs> if it's going to be fun, <laughs> then heck yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> but if it's not, forget it. All right. Or are you an eight or nine? I know somebody who is so willing to change. He happens to be my husband, Dr. Kobsar, the doc, as I call him. He's probably one of five people that I have in my life that are willing to change and that embrace change and that can organize their thoughts and minds around change and often help me to change. And I because he's done a lot of work around it and because he had a lot of change come into his life. So he had to adapt. Not only did he have a lot of change come into his life because he moved a lot when he was growing up, but he also, when he got older, he literally inserted himself purposefully into situations that would cause him to change in massive ways. And he's continued to do that. And so where are you on that scale, right? So he would rate really high. I would rate lower than that. I would probably be a six or a seven. He helps me a lot because I love things. You know, I love to have like bury my roots in where I am. And, and, but there's some people who are just naturally good at change. He happens to be one of them. So where are you if you were able to rate yourself 
on a scale of one to 10. Are you a two or three or are you an eight or nine? Do you have room to grow? And are you willing to grow? That's the other thing is, are you willing to change? Okay. So the other thing that um, is really prevalent in my mind is because Dr. Kotsar is more willing to change than me, he's always like, you know, we, we've been probably members at seven different gyms <laughs> over the last 10 years, maybe longer. Um, but he likes new things. And I'm at, you know, I love the gym where we're at. Why do you want to keep changing gyms? Like, why can't we just stay at this gym? They have a great pool. They have tons of great equipment. Well, because, you know, we're, we're doing this. And so let's try this gym, you know? And so I try to be adaptable. I complain. I dig my heels in. I tell him all the reasons why I don't want to move to a new gym. And then guess what? When I move to that gym, it makes sense. It totally makes sense. But I had to like throw a little fit before that happened. Same thing with when we changed churches. I loved the church we were at. I liked the people. And he just felt like, you know what, this, this, this um, person that he met said, Hey, you know, why don't you go try this place? And it kept coming back to him. So he kept bringing it to me and I kept saying, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I like these people. Why do you always have to change? Right. I like to dig my roots in, but guess what? Here's the thing about change. If we don't give ourselves an opportunity to change, we're going to miss something that might be amazing for you that you have no idea of. And that was the case with the gyms that we went to and with this church that we went to. Finally, I said, okay. And guess what? We walked in, our hair was blown back. You know, three years later, we're just embedded. We have this great community of people, friends, mentors, spiritual leaders. I mean, the list goes on. I would have missed that. He, he, was very gentle and just kind of kept, you know, saying, going back to it, like, come on, Jude, let's just try this, right? So if you have someone in your life like that, I want you to embrace it and not dig your heels in as much as I did when he presented that change because I would have missed it. And here's what happens when we don't change. So there's a couple of things that I want you to think about. If you are not willing to change, one, you're going to miss out on something that might be great for you. You're going to miss out on somebody maybe that's supposed to come into your life that you're supposed to meet and that's supposed to affect you, or maybe you're supposed to affect them in some positive way. Okay. That's number one can happen if we're not willing to change. Number two is <laughs> you're going to get a big head. <laughs> what do I mean by that? You're going to think you know everything if you don't change. And I have someone in my life and it's, I'm not going to say who it is. All right. Cause this person knows who they are. We have these conversations and I say to this person, wow, like you, you literally just laid out everything that's going to happen over the course of the next year. Um, if you don't do this right. Or if you do it, all these bad things are going to happen. Like you literally just, you know, declared the future. You saw the future. <laughs> you predicted the future. <laughs> okay. We're not that good. We're not that smart. I mean, yeah, sometimes we can say, no, that's not going to be good for me. And you're making a healthy decision and you know that, but like, you got to get over yourself and you have to have some humility and say, you know what? I don't know what's going to happen. And it might actually be something good. So you don't want to get too big for your britches. Okay. You want to have some humility and say, Hmm, it could be good for me. Maybe I should try it. The next thing is um, you're, you're going to constrict yourself rather than expand yourself. So if you're always saying, no, 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 I don't want to change. I don't want to do that. That's not good for me. I want to keep this in my life. I can't do it. Whatever your excuses are, you're going to be constricted. Whereas life is about expansion. We only get one life, you guys. One life. That's it. 
So expand through this life as much as you can. The next thing is you're going to have more fear around change the next time it comes. If you don't try it, you're going to have more fear. You're going to have more resistance to it. Two more things. Your thoughts are going to get sticky. I call them sticky thoughts. So when we resist change, that means that we are thinking the same things over and over. We're saying the same things. We're predicting the same things. And so we talked about this last week. Go back and listen to last week's podcast if you didn't talk about it, but your thoughts get sticky and they get repetitive. And then they're going to be these deeper neuro pathways in your head, in your mind, in your thoughts that are just going to become habit that you say that anytime something new is presented to you. The last thing is you're going to be limited. Okay. Now this goes with good or bad things. This goes for if you decided to bring something into your life on purpose, or if something comes into your life that you didn't expect, whether good or bad. If we do not find a way around just shutting down and assigning terrible meaning to the situation, if it's a bad situation, um, if we continue to do that, we're going to be limiting our life. We're going to be reacting to what happened to us and having these thoughts that assign meaning to it. Like if the, oh my gosh, this happened. So that means A, B and C is going to happen. I talked about this last week with homeschooling with, you know, COVID and shutting everything down. We could have assigned meaning to that, meaning our daughter was going to struggle in school and do really badly and that there would be no great solutions. Right. But we didn't do that. Okay. So we weren't going to limit her. So think about if, if you're continuing to say no or if a situation comes into your life unexpectedly and you contract and you restrict yourself and you constrict and see how my body is changing if you're watching me on Facebook is that you're going to you're going to limit yourself you're going to limit your potential you're going to limit amazing things that might come into your life or if it's something really hard that you need to overcome right some big change that happened you're going to limit your growth because we don't just go through things that happen to us in life. We grow through them. And that's what this whole concept of mastering your thoughts is about. All right. So when we can master our thoughts, we can master our life. Change is going to keep coming at us. All right. So I want to teach you guys about the different phases of contemplating change, the different phases that we go through. And this is, this is a study that was done. Okay. This was something that was created by a very smart person. It's called the trans theoretical model of change TTM for short. And this is the result of analysis of more than 300 psychotherapy theories. So this guy who's, who, you know, did all of these studies to create TTM, his name was James Prochaska. And he developed this in 1977. And this, this theory that I'm going to share with you, it shows our progression through six phases and stages of change because we're, we're human beings, right? We're, we're physical beings, right? On this, on this planet, on this earth, right? We're this physical thing that has a brain and a mind, but we're really spiritual beings having a physical experience because we're made of energy right? We're, we're made of matter and, and, and we're, that we're made of cells and, and we're made of space and air and water and all these things go back to the universe, right? So it takes us a while to adapt, right? Change. We have to become comfortable with it. So there's these six stages that I'm going to take you through that are absolutely fascinating. 
So if you, and you will probably recognize yourself in many of, if not a couple of these stages, you might say, oh my gosh, I remember when I was in that stage. Oh, holy cow. And now you can look back and go, man, look, I moved through four stages of change. Awesome. I only have two more to go. So I'm going to go through the six with you. All right. Are you ready? Here we go. So the first stage is called pre-contemplation. Pre-contemplation. This is when you're actually not aware. Okay. The pre-contemplation phase or stage is that you haven't considered changing and you don't need, you don't see the need to change. So you don't even know that you're basically in the, you don't know what you don't know stage. Okay. That probably people outside of you are looking at you and going, yeah, they need, they need to, you know, make some changes or or that certain thing in their life needs to change. Maybe it's your health. Okay. Let's use your health as an example. So the pre-contemplation phase is when you have total resistance to doing anything if somebody brings it up to you, all right? But for the most part, you're completely unaware. So if nobody brings it up to you, you're you're not even contemplating it. It's in pre-contemplation. So, so it's not there yet. But if somebody brings it up to you, you're going to be like, well, I don't need that, okay? The next part of pre-contemplation, another way to look at it is lack of awareness, right? And the third way to look at it is is you're in excuse mode. Okay. So you're, you're typically blaming others in pre-contemplation phase. So I, I call these people, well, now there's a new word for it. It's called pick me, choose me. Okay. But I call them blamers, um, excuse makers, but there is a certain stage of life that maybe you've gone through. I've gone through it. I'm fully aware of it now that I was in pre-contemplation phase stage, um, many years ago, before I knew how to master my thoughts, right? Which they're not totally mastered. Don't think that they are. They're absolutely not. Um, but if you have ever been in a situation where something happened to you in life and you just completely blame somebody else, or you blame the situation, or you make an excuse, right? It's that it's because of this, or it's it's you just don't take any responsibility for it. Okay, so that's part of pre-contemplation phase. And we see this when we work with people at our clinic, at our wellness method clinic, because if you work with us at wellness method, you're called a wellness partner. Now, as a wellness partner, you're restoring your health and you're out there. And many of you wellness partners are listening to this podcast and watching, but those of you that um, can relate to this whether it's with your health or maybe you made a change in your life. I don't know what it was. Maybe, you know, you decided to manage your money better, or maybe you decided to be less of a complainer, or maybe you, you know, decided to start dressing better or something like that. Well, people start noticing. Okay. So with wellness method, what we find is our wellness partners, even after just four weeks working with us, people start asking them, wow, what's going on with you? What are you doing? Right. People start noticing their change. The other thing that happens with the wellness partners is as they start feeling better, they naturally want others to feel better. They want to share the goodness that they're experiencing in working with us with other people. Well, we have to actually teach them and educate them how to share this with other people because not everybody is open to wanting to change their health. And that's fine. Our job is not to beat you over the head and say, you need to change your health. That's not our job. Our job is to plant seeds. And water them a little bit of a, at a time. And sometimes there are people who we care about and love so much that 
they're struggling and we see them struggling and we can relate to their struggle because we were there. Let's say it's with their health or their hormones or they're on medications. Maybe it's high blood pressure. Maybe they can't lose weight. Maybe they have inflammation because our wellness partners have been there. They see their loved ones struggling and they want to be able to help them and share with them and say, Hey, I found something and it's been helping me. Well, here's, here's the big piece of this. Maybe that person is in pre-contemplation phase. Maybe they're not in the stage where they're ready to hear it. Maybe they're still kind of in denial. And so it's really important that we don't push people when they're in that, that we just plant seeds, whatever their struggle is. But I'm just using the example of health. And, and so if they're not aware that they have a problem, they're going to eventually go into defense mode. So you've probably experienced this where you've tried to tell somebody something nicely that you thought was going to help them. And they just like go off the handle and you're like, whoa, and you have to back up and you feel really bad for triggering something in them. So a lot of times that happens, like people just, they'll go into excuse making or denial or defense or whatever, and they're just not ready to hear it. So we have to be gentle and we have to be able to plant seeds and then water those seeds and back away and just wait for the point when they move into the next stage. Okay. And the next stage is called contemplation. So this is now when they're starting to become aware. Okay. They're starting to become aware that something needs to change. I love this phase. I love this stage. <laughs> I love messes. I think, I think that's what it is. Maybe you really like things to be neat and orderly. I do like that, but I also love the mess of creation. I love the mess of that, that period of time where you're contemplating something and something new is coming to you and you're feeling this sense and this tug and this pull, but you don't really know what it is, but you're starting to feel unsettled and then you have some ideas, but then they don't really make sense, but then they do like, it's this messy creative phase. And I talked to my team here at Wellness Method Clinic all the time about this because we're constantly creating new stuff. We're constantly changing and growing and adapting and overcoming and, and that messy, messy stage of the contemplation part is just so cool to me. Okay, so the contemplation is when you become aware of the problem or the opportunity, because it's not always a problem, when you become aware of the problem or the opportunity and you reject it. <laughs> And you fight with it and you war with it and you are messy with it. Okay. And, and that's why I love this because you're starting to take action. Even if it's bad action, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, like I'm fine. Am I fine? Maybe I'm not fine. Right. It's kind of that messy phase. So some of the things that happen in this is that you say one thing and you do another, meaning like if it's your health, you know, you're going to say, I'm fine. I don't need any help with my health. I'm fine. But doing another thing might be like, you start thinking about what you're eating, right? So you're like, wait, I just said I was fine, but now I'm thinking about what I'm eating. What's going on with me? Um, another attribute to this stage is rationalizing and minimizing is like, okay, now you're starting to become aware that you have a problem. Like, okay, well, yeah, I'm on three medications, but but the, I'm not on five. I mean, I know people who are on five or six. I mean, I only have, you know, I'm just on, and I hear this all the time when we talk to people about their health. You know, are you on medications? How are you doing? What are you struggling with? Well, I'm only on med, um, high blood pressure medication, blood sugar medication, and um, uh, hormone replacement. Okay. So to me, I'm thinking only, like, 
you don't have a deficiency of those medications in your body, so you don't actually need them. Those things are masking the symptoms. Let's get to resolving your health condition so you don't need those medications. There is a time and place for medications. There are certain instances where people actually need medications and sometimes they can be life-saving, but for the most part, you can resolve your underlying conditions of your root cause, okay? So the other attribute to this is this, this contemplation stage, we're in stage two, is when anxiety starts to arise, that you start feeling nervous um, and, and then you start trying things that don't work. Okay. So now you're having anxiety and now you're like, Oh, maybe I need to do something. And so you just start trying things. Right. And this likens it to health. Again, example is when people, maybe you've done this, you know, went out and did a cleanse that you got um, online or that you got at Walmart because Walmart sells cleanses and detox. They call them detoxes. Maybe you've done that. Maybe you've done the latest weight loss craze on the internet that you saw. Maybe you read a book. Um, maybe, you know, you tried hormone replacement therapy, right. And it jacked up your, you know, some other things going on in your body, which it does. So you're out trying things that's actually good. Okay. Because eventually, hopefully you're going to find the thing that actually works for you without doing too much damage. And we always hope that you'll come talk to us at wellness method clinic, but we find that a lot of people do that before they come here that they're like, I tried this and I tried this and I actually started losing hope. I didn't think that there was anything that was going to work. And I'm so thankful I found you. And now everything is working and, and all of that. Okay. So that's a, that's an attribute of the contemplation stage. The other thing is they talk about change and then they talk themselves out of it. (laughs) Have you done that before? Maybe it was something like a new job that you wanted. And then you talked yourself out of it. Like, no, I don't have the experience. Okay. How many of you have done that? Maybe it was somebody that you liked and that you wanted to approach because you wanted to get to know them. And they were like, oh no, they're never going to like me, right? So you have these thoughts about it, but then immediately this limiting belief comes in that, oh no, I'm not good enough for them or whatever it is. They'll never like me. Okay. So that's part of the contemplation stage too. So there was this moment in my life where it was literally like a movie where I was in um, in the pre-contemplation stage. I didn't think I had any issues with my mindset. I didn't think I had any thought issues. I didn't even know there were thought issues. So I was completely unaware. Pre-contemplation stage. Okay. I was, I was in the place where I didn't know what I didn't know. I attended this seminar. It was a marketing mindset seminar. I went to it because it was marketing and I went to it because mindset sounded curious to me. Like I was curious about it. I didn't know what it was. Okay. So, but I attended it. There was only 18 of us there. It was part of a larger coaching, um, business and functional medicine coaching, um, program that we did. And the mentor that was there, the coach mentor that was teaching this seminar was a mindset expert an influencer. Um, and actually I'm going to be interviewing him on my podcast series in the summer. So look out for that. Well, we're going through this, right? We're doing some marketing stuff and then we start doing some mindset stuff. And I actually don't even know what's going on because again, I'm in pre-contemplation stage. And what I'm leading up to is telling you when I hit contemplation stage, because it happened in a second and it doesn't always happen like that in life, but but it did in this instance. And maybe you've had that aha moment where somebody said something to you and it flipped a switch for you. Those are glorious moments. They don't happen very often. They haven't happened very often in my life, but they do move the needle really fast. And so we're talking about mindset and we're talking about thoughts. And 
he was saying, you know, he, he was talking about negative thinking. He didn't even use those words. He was just talking about habitual thinking. And we're entrepreneurs in the room and we're wanting to build our business and we're wanting to help more people be well and reach a wider audience of people who are seeking health and desiring to be well. And so we were learning marketing aspects, but we were also learning mindset aspects because we have to grow ourselves if we're going to expect to influence others who are looking for help. So that's, that's why I was there. So he's talking about, you know, why would you, he's telling, he's talking to the whole room. We're seated in this U and he's in the middle and he's kind of walking up and down the U and I'm on the right side of the U and I'm not, I wasn't very vocal in this seminar because I didn't really know anyone. It was new to me. And, um, I just, I didn't really know much about the topic and the content. So I wasn't really vocal. So he starts talking about your thoughts. And he's like, as an entrepreneur, like, think about it. Why would you wake up in the morning and just think you suck and, and think that you're not going to be able to help anybody and think that your business isn't going to grow and just, you know, just basically, again, think you suck. And that resonated with me so much because I was waking up in the morning thinking I sucked. And all throughout the day, I would think I sucked. And I was always questioning what I was doing. And if anybody had anything to say to me that was not, you know, like if, if anyone had a constructive criticism or even if, you know, somebody didn't have a great experience with us and they, they gave us feedback, I just literally in the back of my mind was like, oh, it's because we suck. It's because I suck. It's because, you know, I'm never going to be able to do this. Okay. Well, <laughs> so when he asked that question, you know, I, I just, it resonated with me so much that I just blurted out. So again, he said, why would you wake up in the morning and just say that you suck? And I just blurted out because it's a habit. And he was walking by me and he stopped and he turned to look at me, but he was kind of looking at the whole room. And he said to me, no, it's because you don't love yourself. And then he continued to walk and he continued to talk about very deep concepts about how we treat ourselves and what we think about ourselves and how it affects and limits us as entrepreneurs, as wellness influencers who are just trying to do good in the world. And I'm telling you, if this was a movie and when he turned to me and said, no, it's because you don't love yourself, the camera would have zoomed in on my face and I would have been mouth open, eyes wide, stopped in shock because that was a moment of revelation for me. That was the instant I moved into contemplation stage. I don't remember the rest of the seminar. (laughs) Okay. I don't remember what he said after that. I heard his words and I actually started to tear up and I was weeping a little bit to myself again in this room with all these people that I didn't even know, but it was a trigger with me. And it moved me into contemplation stage when I started to think of opposing concepts. Like, I don't do that. I do that. I don't need that. Oh my gosh, I need that. I need to learn about how to love myself. That doesn't affect things. I think I'm great. Do I? Like, is thinking I'm great loving myself? So do you see how now you're in that, like, you're kind of like going back and forth and you kind of feel crazy, but that's contemplation. That's when we start to contemplate things and things start to move and change. And that camera just zoomed in on me and that moment of waking up. And and the other thing that happens in contemplation stage, and this, this may have happened to you. I know that it took a little while for me, 
but it was like this slow roll that started to build momentum is, is that you, you want to, your stirring starts to get so big that you don't want it anymore and you want change. You don't want the mess of contemplation stage anymore and you want change. And that moves you into the next stage and that is preparation. That is that you're ready to change. You're ready to change. And by the end of that seminar, I was ready to change. Okay? That happened quickly with me. It doesn't always happen like that for people. You know, maybe you somebody said something to you and it was months, weeks, I don't know, years before you moved into, wow, I really need to make that change. If that's happened to you, <laughs> join the club. <laughs> You're not alone. So we're in preparation stage. You're ready to change. Here's the attributes of that. You admit you need to change. You admit it to yourself. You may be not ready to admit it to others, but I recommend you do. Um, you accept the negative ramifications if you don't change. You ask for help, okay? You look for alternatives to the norm, okay? So those are the attributes of being ready to change. Are you ready to change? Are you at that place with your thoughts? Are you so sick of your stinking thinking that you're ready to change? Are you so sick of your health? Are you so sick of your financial situation? You're so sick of being in that messy, murky contemplation stage. Are you ready to change? Maybe this podcast right now is taking you into preparation. Maybe this is taking you in, out of contemplation and into ready to change preparation. I hope so. That would be really cool. So after preparation is action. This is engagement. This is when you plan. This is when you find the thing that's going to help you. This is when our wellness partners find wellness method. This is the exciting stage. This is when you have everything laid out. You know who you're going to talk to. You've gone in there. You've got the plan. That's why we call it the recreate plan because Dr. Kobsar literally lays out a plan for each person individually based on what their struggles are and what their health goals are. So this is action. This is the very exciting stage when you start to have structure, you've gotten help, you've reached out, you've gotten a mentor with your finances or with your emotional health or with your spiritual health or with your physical health, and you move into action and plan. Then you go into maintenance. So now I'm going to go back to maintenance. So now you're in maintenance. So you were in this exciting plan of action. And you move into, okay, so this was all good and I have my plan and I'm, I'm weeks and months into my plan and I've got to groove with it. And now I'm in maintenance because I want to maintain. Okay. So this is where I'm going to say, this is where all potential goes to die. So we have to be very cognizant of this stage. So this stage is the strategies to keep you moving forward. Okay. Example in our wellness method plan is we give people a journal. Um, they get eating plans, depending on what's phase they are in their recreate program. They have guidelines. They have certain supplementation that they might take, not in every stage, but in some of the stages. Um, they have education. There's a structure. They know what's next. They know when they're coming in next. So there's all this structure. Okay. So maintenance stage is when you're like, okay, I'm moving and I'm grooving. You know, I've moved through my, my wellness program and now I'm maintaining. We have to be really cognizant because again, this isn't a very sexy stage. So I want to reframe it and call it recreate because you have recreated your mind, your brain, your thoughts, and now you're implementing these and you're making them habits in your life. So the, so the attributes of this stage are long-term life changes that are going to solidify the action phase, the action stage. Also, it's focus on recovery and recreation rather than on old behaviors. 
So we're creating new habits. So that's why I love the word recreate. That's what we're focusing on. We're focusing on recreating ourselves. So that is a, a is a picture of the first five stages. Um, the sixth stage is just relapse. And I'm not going to go into it. That's just when we fall off the truck. <laughs> and that happens. And we just get right back on. Okay, so that's why I'm not going to I'm not going to put much emphasis on the sixth stage because when we're in recreate mode, right? Recreation, this is where we've got the strategies and these are long-term goals that we're going to maintain. You're always going to fall off. Nobody's perfect, right? So you relapse, you fall off, you go back and you do some bad habits. Okay, it's fine. Don't beat yourself up. Just get back on the truck, get back on the train, reach back out for help and you're going to be good to go. All right, so those are the six stages of change. I hope that was helpful to you. I love the science behind change. I love it. And if we can break it down, then we can actually know what's happening to us when change has come upon us, whether we've inserted ourselves into a situation or it came upon us unexpectedly. So the last point about change, you can think on it. You can meditate on it. You can pray on it. You can contemplate on it, but when you get to that action stage, right? When, when, you, when you get to the preparation stage and the action stage, speaking it out, sharing it with somebody, telling somebody that you're going to make this change, sharing it right out loud with a trusted friend, not somebody who you don't trust, but a trusted friend, then it becomes a force in the universe. Then it becomes bigger than you. And, and the universe, God, source energy conspires around you to bring you more thoughts, more opportunities, more people, more situations in alignment with the change that you want to make. It's beautiful. Like it's, it's the law of the universe. Like attracts like. That is science. You can't refute it. All right. So in wrapping up, I want you to ask yourself some questions. Okay. First of all, are you ready to ask yourself some questions and get really real with yourself? Are you willing to change the way you think about things? Are you willing to change the way you think about things? Number two, are you willing to change the way you feel about things? Are you willing to assign new healthy meaning to the way you feel about things? What excuses have you used to avoid change in your life? I love that one. What excuses have you used? Here's some phrases that might sound familiar to you. It's too hard. It's too expensive. I can't do it. I have no support. It's going to take too long. I know exactly what's going to happen if I do that, right? So we have to be careful of what our thoughts say. I've read this quote to you before, but I want to read it to you again. This quote was profound in my life. It's profound in, in giving you a new sense of how to think about your thoughts and, and what happens when change comes upon us. And that is from Dr. Wayne Dyer. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Think about that. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. There's another famous quote that says, be the change that you want to see in the world, right? It starts with you. It always starts with you. It always starts with your thoughts. That's why mastering your thoughts is incredibly important. All right. So I hope that was helpful. And I hope that now 
instead of dreading change, okay, instead of looking at change as heavy and as scary and as something that's maybe fearful to you, I want you to look at change and be curious about it. I want you to be curious about it rather than thinking that you know exactly what's going to happen if you make that change. If it's, if it's like something that, you know, like if it's your health, you know exactly what's going to happen. You're going to get well. But if you're kind of in that, that still kind of making excuses mode, you're going to just like say, okay, yeah, okay. It's going to be great. I'm going to change my health, but oh God, it's going to be so hard. So instead of dreading it, I want you to be curious about it. Instead of it feeling heavy, I want you to think that it's going to be light. So I want you to lighten up around change by adopting this perspective of being curious, being excited for something new. Even if it's something that's heavy, you guys, even if it's something that's hard, you're going to move through the grief. You're going to feel the pain. You have to experience the suffering. You can't just bypass that stuff. But you also have to ask for greater wisdom of what is this going to lead to for me? What, how am I going to grow from this? And no, you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to go to that right away. That's going to take some time and some healing and some work and some, and, and some deep, deep soul healing. But when you get to the point where you're out of the clouds and you're out of the fog, looking out and saying, how is this going to grow me? How did it grow me? How can I learn from this? How can I influence others in a positive way from this? And if it's something that you choose to do, that, that you have said yes, yes to, then be curious about it. If it's right before you've said yes, right? And you're in that contemplation kind of preparation stages. Be curious about it. Be fascinated with it. Be open to it. Allow, allow change to be something that lifts you up rather than drags you down. Okay. I hope this was helpful. I can't wait to start our interview series. Um, That again is going to be in August sometime. So it's June right now. Um, Go back and listen to my previous podcast. Actually, last week really kind of teased you up for this week. And as always, I hope your thoughts are moving in a positive direction. I hope you are mastering your thoughts and you are really, you know, digging in and doing the work and taking some pearls and some pieces away from these podcasts because when we can master our thoughts, we can master our life. All right. I look forward to the next episode of Master Your Thoughts Podcast. Thank you for listening to my podcast and I hope you will join me again next week for a brand new episode.